0: Hi, welcome back for book three, The Prisoner of Azkaban. I always say, if you know me, you know, this is my go-to for what is the best Harry Potter book or movie, both. My answer will always go to Harry Potter and The Prisoner of Azkaban. I feel like in the first and second books, Harry and his friends are still very much, we are as well. We are all still very much coming to grips with all that is magic. We are kind of still learning about this world. But from the third installment onwards, school starts to get a little more serious, (laughs) pun intended. So however, from the third one on, uh, we're no longer newbies to Hogwarts. And now even new places were introduced. More of the Wizarding World was introduced to us. So if you keep... Going with book one and two, I think the whole series might lose its appeal to me in a long run. So I'm very happy that from book three, things start to get denser. And this is the right way to use introducing more and uh, broaden your wizarding world horizon in, in the right way. Without making you feel like messy or too much. So this is the best time and best way to, to do this from book three on so by the way the movie i think is also the best movie from the whole franchise because number one the actors they are noticeably grown up between two and three right so i'm so glad they didn't ask them to keep being the naive kids otherwise that would be painful to watch Uh, now we get a slightly more like teenage harry and teenage ron and hermione that's a good choice so the movie was quite arguably the best as well from the very beginning the first two chapters we know harry will be able to visit uh, hogsmeade the village now and then we have the maps because without the maps harry wouldn't be able to sneak out of the castle into hogsmeade and then there's time travel you know if you play it right time travel will always be brilliant and it will always be mind-blowing you know anything to do with time there's dementors so it's the first time we're confronted with these terrifying creatures and things start to get darker for many children these are probably one of the scariest types of creatures in the entire series we have Nightbus. i nothing just imprinted in my young memory because we are going to talk about the book so I will not talk too much let's move on to the movies for example for the third movie we have a lot of fan favorite scenes Hermione punches Draco Malfoy in the face right Draco to Hermione like 10 years later he will say this one time she punched me in the face it was awesome (laughs) and all remember that and Dumbledore's keep giving out some of the most brilliant quotes of all time. And here is like happiness can be found in even the darkest of time if one only remembers to turn on the lights. Here, of course, our favorite characters was adding on. Like Harry finally had a real proper family. And we have Sirius Black and had uh, Lupin as Harry's friend. And also had uh, something that Hermione was finally not good at. And it's good, like you can't just lay on the books. There, there's life outside the books. So we were introduced to Professor Trinnelly and the noble art of divination. And I still remember in the class, Professor Trinnelly was like, you may be young in years, but the heart that beats beneath your bosom is as travelled as an old maid. You're so as dry as the pages of the books to which you so desperately cleave. And Hermione just storms out. And Professor Trinnelly is like, have I said something? Finally, a class that Hermione isn't good at to the all the storylines just like oh please pass the tissues right so these are just a couple of the reasons why the prisoner of azkaban is the best harry potter book and movie in the series right that's what we're going to start so i'm going to chapter one our post it's our post again <laughs> but it's a good one this chapter will again be more like Previously on Harry Potter, it starts with Harry Potter was a highly unusual boy in many ways. For one thing, he hated the summer holidays more than any other time of the year. (laughs) I thought, you thought it's gonna start with this. He is a wizard. But it starts with no, he was the only boy hated summer holidays, you know, while all the boys loved holidays. And he also happened to be a wizard. Now we find the state of Harry's is like he has to do homework in disguise because uh, the Dursleys had locked all his stuff in the cupboard under the stairs. It was described that once Harry had came back from Hogwarts, when the summer holiday started, they just immediately locked all his stuff in the cupboard under the stairs for the rest of the summer. They didn't care because it was described as the Dursleys had a very medieval attitude towards magic. Because as Harry was now studying and doing homework, we know what he has been reading at night in secrecy was the history of magic. And that's why he started to get the feeling, oh, so the Dursleys was just one of those Muggles who had a very old-fashioned attitudes towards magic. Just different type of people. And he happened to start with this sort of family, very unfortunately. And I found this excerpt from the history of magic is really funny to uh, by the way it's a history of magic by bathilda bookshot they say if you read a different edition of harry potter then you get different a history of magic by who but my version is a history of magic by bathilda Backshort. okay it's out there tell me what version you you've got when you're reading So from that history book, Harry reads, non-magic people, more commonly known as muggles, were particularly afraid of magic in medieval times, but not very good at recognizing it. On the rare occasion that they did really manage to catch a real witch or wizard, burning had no effect whatsoever. The witch or wizard would perform a basic flame-freezing charm and then pretend to shrink while pain, with pain, while enjoying a gentle tickling sensation. Indeed, windling the weird—that's one. Of the witch. I was like windling the weird. Okay, enjoyed being burned so much that she allowed herself to be caught no less than forty-seven times in various disguises. And Harry had to write essays on these histories. That's one. Of the homework. He has spent almost four weeks without hearing anything from his visiting friends. And he's just been catching up with the homework, basically. And he can't do that in broad daylight. He has to uh, sneak the books and hidden them in his bedroom while the Dursleys was away. Because the Dursleys, were described, had a new company car in very loud noises. Sometimes they show, while they are showing off uh, for the rest of the streets. And Harry just crept downstairs, pick up the lock, on the carpet on the, the stairs and grabbed some books and hidden them. That's the way he has been operating. <laughs> yeah, so Harry was particularly keen to avoid trouble with his aunt and uncle at the moment, as they were already in an especially bad mood with him. All because he'd received a telephone call from wrong and the wrong was you know never used the telephone before i already can see this when harry found last book book two in the end harry gave them the phone number i was like oh bad move. the wrong did call kept his words but because he didn't know how to work he just always yelling so loud that uncle vernon picked up uncle vernon just jumped and usually with an expression of mingled fury and alarm. it's like who is this and the wrong is just like i am one of the friend of harry's from the school and uncle vernon just got it while the whole whole time ron and uncle vernon were like speaking from the opposite end of a football field that was such a good description it's like speaking from the opposite end of a football field and uncle vernon just basically banned ron from calling it's like there is no harry potter here don't call me ever again don't come near my family ever again and then Harry knew he will receive no more phone calls because he knows that his friends will will prevent him from getting into any troubles. They knew that Harry was not in a good hands. So Hermione has not been in touch either. Harry suspected that Ron had warned Hermione not to call. Up till now everything is just make Harry feel like this is the worst, If it's already the worst, uh, as bad as the last one and then something happened just on his birthday. Everything magical would happen on that time. <laughs> he, he absolutely hates his birthday as well because he has never even get a birthday card. When he finished his homework, his essay, he just stretching and didn't realize it was already one o'clock in the morning. It's like, he had been 13 years old without realizing it for a whole hour. Oh and also we know Hedwig, the owl, Harry's owl. Now finally a little improvement of that is uh, Hedwig was allowed to go out at night instead of always being caged. So Hedwig was now gone for two nights in a row. And Harry just paced the room, the dark room, and saw empty cage to an open window and all of a sudden this one is really funny, When well, he was just laying on the sill, I'm going to read the original text because it's so good. It's like silhouette against the golden moon and growing larger every moment was a large, strangely lopsided creature, and it was flopping in Harry's direction. He stood quite still, watching it sink lower and lower for a split second. He hesitated, his hand on the window latch, wondering whether to slam it shut. But then, the bizarre creature soared over one of the street lamps of Privet Drive and Harry, realizing what it was, leaped aside. Through the window soared three owls, two of them holding up the third, which appeared to be unconscious. They landed with a soft flop on Harry's bed, and the middle owl, which was large and gray, kneeled right over and lay motionless. There was a large package tied to its legs. I think the book lovers already know which owl this was. This is Errol, and it belongs to the Weasley family. Harry dashed to the bed, untied the cords around Errol's legs, took off the parcel It just frayed the poor damn thing. And I was like, they still use Errol, just give him a break. And Harry just let Errol use Hedwig's cage to just drink some water. And then we get three packages, one, uh, one is from the Wizarding World, I think it's uh, this our is super superb. It's beautiful. Another one's Hedwig, and Harry gets letters from Ron and uh, Hermione, and get presents and get letters from Hagrid. The paper from Wizarding World was the Daily Prophet, the newspaper, and it says give a new give the news is like titled Ministry of Magic Employees, scoops grand prize. So we know the Weasleys had won the grand prize galleon draw. And later, according to Ron, it was 700 galleons. I'm so happy. Just like what Harry said, the Weasleys, are the, they deserve the best, the best of all. They are just the, the kindest people out there. And they're very nice and extremely poor. <laughs> so they won. And now they are spending their gold on summer holiday in Egypt. It was very good. And then Harry opened Ron's letter. I'm going to read it to you. Dear Harry. Happy birthday. Look, I'm really sorry about that telephone call. I hope the muggles didn't give you a hard time. I asked the dad, and he reckons I shouldn't have shouted. It's amazing. I can just imagine the little Ron was just like, What did I do wrong? And dad's like, his dad loved muggles, right? His dad is just like, Maybe you shouldn't have shouted, you know? But no, it's just the Dursleys. Anyway, he keeps writing, It's amazing here in Egypt. Bill's taken us around all the troops, and you wouldn't believe the curses those old Egyptian wizards put on them. Mom wouldn't let Ginny come in the last one. There were all these mutant skeletons in there, of muggles who'd broken in and grown an extra heads and stuff. I couldn't believe it when Dad won the Daily Prophet Draw. 700 galleons most of it's gone on this trip but they are going to buy me a new wand for next year i mean they just won big prize and they wanted to use all most of them on this trip i was like maybe that's not the wisest thing to do why not just use it to invest something you know but then i i thought about the weasleys they are probably just live live the moments if they want money they're just gonna spend it all but good they are going to buy Ron a new wand and let's keep going, we will be back about a week before term starts, and we were going up to London to get my wand and our new books. Any chance of meeting you there? Don't let the muggles scare you down. Try and come to London, Ron. P.S. Percy's head boy, he got the letter last week. And Ron give Harry the present is a pocket snickoscope it's like, if there is someone untrustworthy around, it's supposed to light up and spin. Bill says it's rubbish sold by wizard tourists and isn't reliable because it kept lighting up at dinner last night. But he didn't realize Fred and George had put beetles in his soup. Bye! Finished this, Harry just put the pocket sneakoscope on his bedside table, where it stood quite still, balanced on its point, reflecting the luminous hands of his clock. Then he goes to Hermione's letter. So like, Dear Harry, Ron wrote to me and told me about his phone call to your uncle Vernon. I do hope you're all right. I'm on holiday in France at the moment, and I didn't know how I was going to send this to you. What if they'd open it at customs? But then Hedwig turned up. I think she wanted to make sure you got something for your birthday for a change. I'm, at this point, I was like, Oh my Lord, so Hedwig has been disappearing. All this time to try to find Hermione try to make sure that Harry got something for his birthday what a good pal it's like Hedwig you really know what to do and then Hedwig showed up Hermione finally has something to send to Harry it's like I bought you your present by our order there was an advertisement in daily Prophet. I've been getting it delivered it's so good to keep up with what's going on in the visiting world did you see that picture of Ron and his family a week ago i bet he's learning loads i'm really jealous the ancient egyptian wizards were fascinating there is something interesting local history uh, of witchcraft here too i've rewritten my whole history of magic essay to include some of the things i've found out here. It's I hope, i hope it's not too long it's two rows of parchment more than professor beings asked for classic hermione and ron says he's going to be in london in the last week of the holidays. Can you make it? Will your aunt and uncle let you come? I really hope you can. If not, I will see you on Hogwarts Express on September 1st. Love from Hermione. P.S. Ron says Percy's head boy. I'll bet Percy's really pleased. Ron doesn't seem too happy about it. Harry laughed as he put Hermione's letter aside and picked up her present. No, it's not a big black book this time. It's broomstick servicing kit. So wonderful. And wow, Hermione, Harry actually liked it because Harry was a huge fan of Quidditch. So it's a broomstick servicing kit and uh, includes something like a handbook of do-it-yourself broom care. (laughs) And the third present was from Hagrid. It was a monster's book. Uh, That was good. You remember the monster book from the movies, right? It's the monster book of monsters. It bites. I like how Harry thought... Hagrid would never send him anything dangerous on purpose. But then, Hagrid didn't have a normal person's view of what was dangerous. Harry, Hagrid had been known to befriend giant spiders by vicious three-headed dogs from men in pubs and sneak illegal dragon eggs into his cabin. And Harry just put the monster books of monsters away cautiously and then the last letter was from hogwarts the school and it's like everything the same you have to board the hogwarts express on september 1st at 11 o'clock and it leaves from king's cross station platform nine and three quarters third year students are permitted to visit the village of hogsmeade on certain weekends but please give the enclosed permission form to your parents or guardian to sign and there's also a list of books. Signature, yours sincerely, Professor McGonagall, Deputy Headmistress. All the presents give Harry's face a giant smile, but this Hogsmeade permission form gave Harry a stopper. He is no longer grinning. It's like how can he possibly get a get a signature from Uncle Vernon or Aunt Petunia? But he rather not think about this now. It's just. For now, he feel like he can just enjoy his birthday night. He, For the first time, he felt just like everyone else, glad that it was his birthday. For the first time in his life, glad it was his birthday. He's now 13 years old. Chapter 2, Aunt March's Big Mistake. As chapter one usually does, they are giving the unfortunate task of filling the reader in on the story so far, like I said, previously on Harry Potter. And with each successive book, this part kind of gets a bit more cumbersome, don't you think? I feel so. As there's just so much more story to tell. And this book is dense. So thankfully, JK gave up on this approach with book five. Very right decision, I think. At that point, I think for anyone who was silly enough to jump into the series without reading the previous books, would already lost the any much of the clue of what's going on. So if you're still giving this previously on Harry Potter, like the story. So far chapters will be really bad. At uh, this book, even though it still gives you a lot of retelling, as I think the first four five chapters each time it'll give you more uh, description about each characters the familiar characters how they looked how Vernon looked how carrie's classmates looked how which teacher does what still there is a uh, accounting on that but it's much better now because Rowling does keep it interesting by weaving a recitation of facts with her usual wet and with a few new revelations about the Wizarding World. So it just give you something old, but also new. So kind of blend for new readers and old readers. You want to skip, but you still want to skip. Anywho, later I'll give you details of these chapters. I absolutely don't want to skip. For example, in the very beginning, JK Rowling's sense of humor already comes through. And I absolutely don't want to skip anything humorous uh, as the history of magic and we were introduced to Wendling the Weird. (laughs) It's so funny. It's like right off the bat, J.K. Rowling's kind of telling you the most boring. Professor Bings, the only ghost professor, has given Harry their this interesting assignment, kind of. And Wendellyn the Weird enjoyed being burned so much that she allowed herself to be caught no less than 47 times in various disguises. <laughs> and later, Harry is picking the logs now. In Chamber of Secrets, we learn that Fred and George are very clever at picking logs. Actually, all my friends pointing this out, saying that it's really difficult to pick logs. And Harry just sort of learned it without watching any YouTube videos, I guess. I guess it's a combination of muggle trick and magic trick, I guess. But anyway, Harry has uh, learned to pick locks uh, during his second year, I guess, from Fred and George. And now he is sneaking the books smuggle the books back to his room to study because the dursleys wouldn't let him and then as the owl as the title suggests the outposts arrived for birthdays for letters for birthday cards and all the information so like also fill in catch up with your friends hermione and ron and we get the photo the moving photograph of the Weasleys, the best perfect family. And Harry scanned the moving photograph, a grain spread across his face as he saw all nine of the Weasleys waving furiously at him. Right in the middle of the picture was Ron, tall and gangling, with his pet rat scubbers on his shoulder. The Weasleys have taken this trip to Egypt because they win the grand prize. But now, looking, if you, you knew all the story, I think most of you know what happening in the, the Prisoner of Azkaban, then this newspaper photo will be the trigger that sets off all sorts of emotions, all the events of this book. How innocent it seems at this point. His pet rat Scabbers on his shoulder. If that insignificant event hadn't happened. If Scarbers had been in Ron's pocket for the photograph, for example, Sirius would have had no intention to escape Azkaban and Peter Pettigrew would in all likelihood remain safely hidden as a rat. Everything that happens in the rest of the book, indeed, in the rest of the entire series might very well never have happened if Scabbers hadn't seen or been seen in this picture. And this picture is on the newspaper, spread on Daily profits, spreading among the Wizarding World. Just how significant it is now thinking about it. Butterfly effects. Okay, let's just get into it. Chapter 2. Aunt March's Big Mistake Harry went down to breakfast the next morning to find the three Thursdays already sitting around the kitchen table. They were watching a brand new television, a welcome home for the summer present for Dudley, who had been complaining loudly about the long walk between the fridge and the television in the living room. Dudley has spent most of the summer in the kitchen, his piggy little eyes fixed on the screen and his five chains wobbling as he ate continually. Harry sat down between Dudley and Uncle Vernon, a large beefy man with very little neck and a lot of mustache. Far from wishing Harry a happy birthday, none of the Dursleys made any sign that they had noticed Harry enter the room. Ignorance, 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 as always. So, so far, nothing's changed. So what can possibly be adding to the torture? They will introduce a brand new character, Aunt March, very soon. But before that, they were watching the news. And uh, in the news, a reporter said the public is warned that black is armed and extremely dangerous. A special hotline had been set up and any sighting of black should be reported immediately no need to tell us he is no good. Uncle Vernon, I think just based on the p- little piece of information you have seen on TV, you think you know everything about Black. Look at the state of him, the filthy layabout. Look at his hair. They always round about the hair. Must be a bad guy. Look at the scrumpy face. Look at Charles Manson photos. <laughs> he must be no good. And he shot a nasty look sideways at Harry. Always, when these kind of moments, they thought of Harry, whose untidy hair had always been a source of great annoyance to Uncle Vernon. They're so obsessed with hair. And we cut to Aunt Pajunia, who was bony and horse faced, whipped around and peered intently out of the kitchen window. Harry knew Aunt Petrina would simply love to be the one to call the hotline number, because she was the nosiest woman in the world and spent most of her time, her life, spying on the boring, lower-bidding neighbors. Now we see Aunt Petrina has become bony. I mean, she must be abused. And now we were introduced to Aunt Uncle Vern's sister, who is even worse. So you can imagine. You, they must have been such a toxic environment to grow up with, right? Uncle Vernon's family. They have zero compassion, absolutely no empathy for anyone. And such atrocious family roots. I just, I can't imagine what Aunt Petunia is living with them. Because I think they also don't talk about Petunia's side of the family. And they had Again, ignorance, no way of knowing the details, just always spread the rumors, like now they are going to say Harry has been sent to this incurably maniac center for boys, something like that. They always make up stories about the other families. Cut back to Uncle Vernon is making a statement again, when you just thought he could sank no more, he's like bring back the capital punishment. Hanging should be the only way to deal with those people. It's like, what? And he is acting like he knows everything. He knows better than the government. He knows better than the lawmakers. It's like, when will they learn? And it's like pounding the table that ain't the only way to deal with these people. Very true, said Aunt Petunia. I bet she just wouldn't oppose anything Uncle Vernon said. Then Uncle Vernon has to pick up Aunt Marge. And Aunt Marge was described as Uncle Vernon's sister. Even though she was not a blood relative of Harry's, He had been forced to call her aunt all his life. Aunt Marge lived in the country, in a house with a large garden, where she breeds bulldogs. She didn't often stay at Privet Drive because she couldn't bear to leave her precious dogs, but each of her visits stood out horribly vividly in Harry's mind. At Dursley's fifth birthday party, Aunt Marge had wanked Harry, and a few years later, she had turned up at Christmas with a computerized robot for Dudley and a box of dog biscuits for Harry. And there are other times. she Her dog had chased Harry out into the garden and up a tree, and Aunt Marge had refused to call the dog off until past midnight. The memories... Well brought tears of laughter to Dudley's eyes. And for Harry, of course, just sour memories. And Marge will be here for a week, um, Vernon announced. And while we are on the subject, let's clear some rules, Harry. And he said to Harry, Firstly, you will keep a civil tongue in your head when you are talking to Marge. All right. If she does when she's talking to me, Harry said bitterly. Now Harry knows how to talk back now. Secondly, as Marge doesn't know anything about your abnormality. <laughs> so Aunt Marge didn't know anything about magic and everything. I don't want any, any funny stuff while she's here. You behave yourself, got me? I will if she does, said Harry. You see the pattern here. It's always, I will, I will, I will, if she does. It's like, it's fair play come on you get me i like that i like how harry responded to all these rules and thirdly and this is so awful it's like we've told much you attended st Brother's secure center for incurably criminal boys what harry yelled and you'll be sticking to that story boy and there will be trouble okay harry sat there white-faced and furious staring at uncle vernon hardly able to believe it me too And today is Harry's birthday. It's like the worst birthday present you could possibly give it to Harry. Harry, who had been setting a kind of horrified (laughs) trance, had a sudden idea. The form. He followed Uncle Vernon to the front door. Uncle Vernon said, I'm not taking you like I wanted to come, said Harry. Coldly, I want to ask you something. Third years at at my school are allowed to visit the villages sometimes. So, snapped Uncle Vernon, I need you to sign the permission form said Harry in a rush. And why should I do that? sneered Uncle Vernon. Well it will be hard work, pretending to Aunt Marge. I go to that Saint WhatsApp Saint Bratis Secure Centre for Incurable Criminal Boys, bellowed Uncle Vernon. And Harry's like, Okay, exactly. It's a lot to remember. I will have to make it sound convincing, won't I? What if I accidentally let something slip? <laughs> Harry here knows how to bargain now good job. If you sign my permission form, I swear I'll remember where I'm supposed to go to school and I will act like a mug, like I'm normal and everything. So Uncle Vernon snapped, finally, right. I shall monitor your behavior carefully during Marge's visit. If at the end of it, you've told the lie and kept to the story, I will sign your ready form. Well, we didn't even get there because, you know, later things happened. I just, I wouldn't trust him. I feel like even if everything panned out as planned, he probably wouldn't. he just liked to mess with Harry. Like uh, it described as Dudley's favorite form of entertainment was watching Uncle Vernon torture Harry. (laughs) I wouldn't trust him. Why don't you think about just forge the form, forge the signature? I'm a little bit disappointed at you, Harry. At least try it first. I think the first thing come up will not be ask them. The first thing should be try to forge the signature. And then it didn't work out. You go ask them. Because I guess there must be some sort of spell to detect forgery of the signature. But I guess at this point, they still want to paint Harry at this honest boy, I guess. Okay, anywho, so Harry sent Hedwig away. It's like, well, it will be a week of hell. So you're free to go to Ron. He will take care of you. But I'm like, Ron is in Egypt. Just check the distance between England and Egypt. How God knows how long uh, Hedwig and Errol, the poor owl, has to fly the distance to get to Ron. But anyway, Harry sent Hedwig away. He's prepared to welcome Aunt Marge. On the threshold on Marge. He, She is large, beefy, purple-faced. She even had a mustache, though not as bushy as Uncle Vernon's. In one hand, she held an enormous suitcase and tucked under the other, was an old and evil-tempered bulldog. Where's my dadas? Old Aunt Marge, where's my nephew Paul? Jesus Christ, they are exactly the same kind of person. Why? Who talks like that? And also from the description, I know people are calling JK, JK Rowling being fat shaming people. It's like the all the evil characters so far are fat. They are like have a mustache. So just questionable choice of this, a physical description, but judge it by yourself. And Dudley came. Um, I just thrashed the suitcase into Harry's stomach and knocking the wind out of him seized Dudley in a tight one-armed hug and planted a large kiss on his cheek. And we were learned that Dudley didn't like that as well, but just do it for the 20 pound note clutched in his fat feast. By the time they go back to the kitchen, Aunt Marge had been supplied with tea and fruit cake and they were asking like, who's looking after the other dogs, Marge? I've got Colonel Fopster managing them. I'm like, who is Colonel Fobster? Like, who gave people name like that? What the heck? Colonel, you just knew they are all arranged They're not like mentally okay family. He's retired now. Good for him to have something to do. But I couldn't leave poor old Ripper here, the bulldog. He pines if he's away from me. Oh, gosh, obnoxious people just hearing them talk makes me like, ugh. Finally, to Harry, he's like, ah, oh, still here, are you? Yes, said Harry. Don't you say yes in that ungrateful tone? Jeez, it's damn good of Vernon and Petruna to keep you. Wouldn't have done it myself. You'd have gone straight to an orphanage if you'd been dumped on my doorsteps. Jeez, how would you do that? To your own blood, to your own nephew. You would just go straight to the orphanage. Jeez. They ran the story again. It's like, okay, this boy now is at this Brothers Secure Center for these criminal boys. And Aunt Marge is like, do they use cane on you? all the time. Gosh, she's like, I won't have this non-be-pump, be pump bee wishy washy nonsense about not hitting people who deserve it. A good thrashing is what's needed in 99 cases out of 100. Have you been beaten often? Oh yeah, loads of times, said Harry. Tomaj is <laughs> I don't like your tone, boy. If you can speak of your beatings in that casual way, I don't like the tone. And she even, oh my God, she even goes to um, Petunia. It's like, Petunia, I would write if I were you. Make it clear that you approve the use of extreme force in this boy's case. Jeez. Even Uncle Vernon was worried. So he changed the subject. It's like, heard the news this morning about that escaped convict. So the following days would be a hell, very hellish weeks for Harry. Because at least Uncle Vernon and Aunt Petunia really encouraged Harry to stay out of their way. Like we know, Harry would be more than happy to do so. But Aunt Marge... Wanted Harry under her eyes at all times, so that she could boom out suggestions for his improvements. That's also why I guess later we we can't see why not just walk away, right, Harry? But Harry has to be there at all time, taking in all the insults. Foul-mouthed, much? Just keep on, keep going on, and on. Saying things like, if there is something rotten on the inside, there's nothing anyone can do about it. You mustn't blame yourself, Vernon. It's one of the basic rules of breeding. You see it all the time with dogs. If there is something wrong with the bitch, there will be something wrong with the pub. <sighs> At that moment, Harry is already can't take it, almost can't take it anymore because the wine glass on Marge was holding exploded in her hands. But they still didn't know what, happ- what happened. And I especially like how Harry keeps thinking about Hermione's gift, the handbook of do-it-yourself-broom care to calm himself down. Every time he is about to lose, his, lose it, like lose a temper, think about the handbook. So, but this makes Aunt Marge thoughts suspicious. This made Aunt Marge started voicing the opinion that Harry was mentally subnormal. At last, the final evening of Marge's stay arrived. We know the big showdown. The adults, Uncle Vernon, brought out a bottle of brandy. Uh, they were chatting. You can see their view of the body, their body-shaming dogs, body-shaming human beings, boys. And um, Amar, I believe, is saying, pardon me, but I do like to see a healthy-sized boy. And to Dudley, she's like, you will be proper-sized man, Dudders, like your father. Yes, I will have a spot more, Brandy Vernon. Just drinking and saying the most horrible things to the people who present there. She jerked her head at Harry and it's like, this one's got a mean, roty look about him. You got that with dogs. I had Colonel Fosby run one last year. Rotty little thing it was, weak underbred. I mean, you just drowned one because dies of the puppy? I mean, gosh, gosh. If JK has been giving Harry the reason to do whatever he would do in the following moments, I think now it's the full reason here presented to you. If you say Harry shouldn't have done that, but I think at this point, everybody will be like, do it. I would do worse things to this bitch. But Harry was still trying to remember page 12 of his book, A Charm to Care Reluctant Versus. But Aunt Marge pushed. It all comes down to blood. As I was saying the other day, bad blood will out. Now, I'm saying nothing against your family, Petunia. But your sister was a bad egg. They turned up in the best families. Then she ran off with the wastrel, And here's the result right in front of us. Harry was now staring at his plate, a funny ringing in his ears. Grasp your broom firmly by the tail, he thought, but he couldn't remember what came next. Oh, oh Aunt Marge's voice seemed to be boring, into him, like one of Uncle Vernon's drills. This potter, you never told me what he did, Uncle Vernon said. Oh, he didn't work, unemployed. Aunt Marge goes, as I expected. A no-account, good-for-nothing, lazy-scounder who, he was not Said Harry suddenly, the table went very quiet. Uncle Vernon knows, oh, it's bad. And he goes, more brandy. Yeah, you, boy, go to bed, go on. But Aunt Marge just wouldn't take it. Jeez, this woman. It's like, no, Vernon, go on, boy, go on. Proud of your parents are you. They go and get themselves killed in a car crash. Drunk, I expect. Harry just wouldn't take any more stand-up and said they didn't die in a car crash. They died in a car crash, you nasty little liar, and left you to be a burden on their decent, hard-working relatives. You are an insolent, ungrateful little. But at this moment, Aunt much suddenly stopped speaking. For a moment, it looked as though words had failed her. She seemed to be swelling with inexpressible anger, but the swelling didn't stop. Basically, Harry just blow up his aunt. <laughs> sex work, pun intended. But I'm all support uh, legal sex work. I mean, life is life, but not when you are 13 years old.